Welcome to films like the first time. It should be reels like the first time, but it's not. That's how you know it's special. Because we didn't take the easy way. Yeah, there ain't no easy way out. Damn right. Anyway, I'm I'm Dave. I didn't see this movie before. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to lead this sucker off. And, nice. And, uh, Can we all introduce ourselves? I, I could have just gone and Nick and Amanda are here too. Hi. Hi. We're here. Yep. So we are going to talk about the 2009 Pixar film Up. Directed by Pete Docter. Uh, yeah, I saw his credits are, um, well, this, a lot of this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, he's one of the uh, or originators, one of the like the original OG Pixar people. Like when they had that meeting, if you've ever heard the lore of Pixar, where they all got together and wrote like the first like four movies together, he was one of the people in that in that group. Yeah, that doesn't really sound all that interesting, but um, it's kind of like the Lake Geneva people. Lake Geneva people, you know uh, Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and oh. Bram Stoker. Like when you said Lake Geneva, I was thinking Lake Geneva, Illinois, and I'm like, everybody's rich uncle. What are you talking about? No, but yeah, <laughs> Pete Docter's other movies are uh, Monsters Inc. Oh yeah, and that was his first. Inside one. Out and Soul are his other Pixar movies as well. Oh, so I gotta rewatch Soul. Soul was good. I like, haven't seen any of those either. Oh, he's made some. Like he's one of the better. Trent Reznor did the score for Soul. You should watch it for that alone. It was really good. All right. Well, I'm not gonna watch Bones and all and all. And that. it's about being a musician, which I feel like you can also relate to. And being dead, <laughs> which I feel like you can also relate to. <laughs> I am dead inside. No, it's great. I actually, uh, when I looked back at his filmography, I'm like. He's just really good. I mean, he focuses on animation. He's a Pixar guy, but like, he's really good at making movies. Well, there's nothing wrong. And I mean, if that's the milieu that you work in, right. then. Uh... But Dave had somehow never seen this masterpiece. <laughs> the I first 10 minutes of this movie is some of the best cinema ever written. Well, and let's be fair. <laughs> I mean, I last week, uh, or la- last week, because it's been a little while, but last time. We talked previously about one of Dave's um, favorite movies, the, like the first time. and I think you probably all expected me to be blown away by Seven, and I wasn't fully blown away by it. So we're not. I'm not going to assume that Dave thinks this is a masterpiece. I'm going to let him hold judgment on his own on that part. Whatever. So I I think it is, but I'm I not I, I actually happen to agree that that uh, really it's the beginning of this movie is like it doesn't nothing else is as good Ugh. like. It really is. It really it's is. It's a standalone. It, the first ten minutes. I mean, if they could have just done that as a as a ten minute short, then mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh, that's it's incredible. beautiful and sad. And the only thing I'd crushing. be missing out on is uh, is Ed Asner, which Ed Asner is fantastic in this. He is. Um, I do want to point out, like talking about the first ten minutes, uh, and I mentioned this in the last movie or in the last episode. <laughs> Not in the last movie. Remember um, when we did that movie? Yeah, we did that movie together. It was called uh, Logman 4. Um, <laughs> it, the I mentioned the 3D in this movie, and I want to specifically talk about that just for a second, because that first 10 minutes, the, the moment like the balloons go up was the moment that I was blown away by the 3D in this movie. because it, I didn't even know this movie was in 3D. Yes. I and had was, no idea. Well, this it was 2009. The, that was right. like an era where it, they threw, threw everything It was the 3D. only 3D movie that didn't give me a headache when I watched it in 3D. And the reason is, is instead of it being like the jump scare style of 3D where things mm-hmm. like jump out at the screen, they, he, they, they used the 3D as like a paintbrush. 
Well, I think that's why I never realized this was in 3D because most right. 3D movies I watch them now. You can like, tell like the intentional yeah. My husband shots. and I watched uh, all the Final Destinations around Halloween, and Ugh. I was like, "This was for 3D, wasn't it?" Like you can just right. tell. But like the the balloons in 3D were all just layered perfectly. Like it wasn't like janky or anything. It was just like this perfectly rounded feeling of the the balloons pulling the building up, and it was just so beautifully well done and. You don't. You never get that with 3D. So well, yeah, like right before we uh, we came on here, I uh, was talking about Doctor Who, and I mm-hmm. I saw the 50th anniversary special in the theater, and that was in 3D, and they only used well, they only used it like f- for a couple of things, mm-hmm. and one was it was a painting, like it's the, an infinite painting, and you got the depth, mm-hmm. you okay. could actually see it going on forever. And I'm like, well, that's a much different way. I would prefer to see that, like a limitless sort of a thing. Like than, an immersive thing. Yeah. Rather than, than, yeah. Okay. Something I can be drawn into rather than be repelled by. Much, remember when, much better 3D than Beowulf. Yeah, remember when everything was in 3D and they started selling 3D TVs and then everybody had to get more than two pairs of glasses <laughs> and and then we all just collectively forgot that that was going to be a thing. I didn't forget. I chose, I, I, ro- I rode out the wave. Yeah, as someone who literally, and obviously later on, I realized it was my astigmatism. But like that, I don't even have an 3D, astigmatism, and I get nauseous painful. watching 3D. It was literally painful for my eyes, and I'm like, I just won't. I would literally go to the movie and look for the non 3D showings to watch because I couldn't do it. Same. Well, for for our eyes, this movie was not painful. No, it was beautiful. Uh, we we start off with the uh, the old World War II style. Uh, well, back in the day, we had, uh, oh, uh-huh. love yeah, it. Char- Charles Munch. <laughs> Charles Munch. That uh, transatlantic accent. With, I love it. With the uh, with his blimp, with the amazing uh, weird features for dogs. Hey, uh, airships were the coolest things ever. I still, until until, until Hindenburg. <laughs> well, yes. Well, specifically Zeppelin, which is you know hydrogen. Let's be real; that was not and smart. And Goodyear. Goodyear bloom still happens. I know. But like, I love like even like. Um, and I know you're not a Spielberg fan, but uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, when he's like, no ticket, no ticket. <laughs> oh yeah, that was like, the Hindenburg, wasn't it? No, no, but it was. But it was a German Zeppelin. Zeppelin, Yeah, but like, it just looks so cool to ride around in a Zeppelin, like having. I mean, if you've got all the time in the world, (laughs) it looked luxurious. I mean, it was air travel, but like train travel, kind of like a cruise, or yeah, like a train. Yeah, I could. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hmm. They got those. We can air. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a a a Zeppelin to South by Southwest. I prefer Zeppelins. Ooh, eh. I don't know. As as an Italian, I don't really, I don't really, lo- really. Love I mean, I just like donuts. They're fine. So. Every mean, ca- every culture has a donut, and I love donuts. And we're on a big tangent. Yes, we are. So back to up. Uh, so Charles Muntz is uh, some you know old school adventurer, I guess in a, in the uh, a Lindbergh sort of a way. Yeah, in fact, like the spirit of adventure is kind of a riff on the spirit of St. Louis. Um, and uh, he you know discovers. The uh, Paradise Falls, where these uh, weird creatures are, and uh, he he gets a skeleton for one, and I think uh, Christians are trying to discredit him. So like, <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't really. I don't remember that part of the well, movie. No, so they're discrediting him. It's kind of like the Peltdown Man, which if you don't know what that was was like a a 
a skeleton of the missing link found in England, I believe. And so the idea was, is like, there wasn't any real proof. It was just a skeleton. And, they, like, dating eventually proved that it was put together and fabricated. And so they were saying that he, he had fabricated the skeleton, that it wasn't oh, a like real skeleton. Oh, like the Fiji mermaid. Yeah. Well, seeing as in this rea- in this uh, film, it is real, I-, I say that it's Christians not believing in dinosaurs and that sort of a thing. Oh, that's an interesting take. It's funny. <laughs> None of this ever occurred to me. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, this is, yeah. The, my, the, I think I was still crying from yeah, the first 10 yeah, minutes the, of the movie. <laughs> well, this is before the crying. Yeah, though. but she knew, she knew it was coming, so she was probably just oh. like, oh, no, it's coming, Ellie. Well, yeah. So the spirit of event, adv- adventure is alive and in these children. Um, but Ellie is the ultimate adventure for young Carl. Fucking Ellie. So awesome. Uh, we all need that person to challenge us to be the best versions of ourselves. Even if that means you'd never speak. <laughs> yeah. I love that they had Carl say almost nothing this first 15, 20 minutes of the movie. So, and we get the montage of mm-hmm. uh, of Carl and Ellie's life together. They literally kept their heads in the clouds. <laughs> they lose their dream of having a child of their own, but that God. doesn't derail their dream of Paradise Falls. Mm-hmm. First, it's, gut, it's, first it's, gut shot right there. Oh, they, don't even, yeah. they don't even tell they, you. They don't even spell it out. They just give you the two so shots. There was so much like, done ah. yeah, with the simplest visuals. That you knew exactly it, what was happening. It does make me wonder. I'm tearing what, up thinking about it. It does right make now. me it's, wonder what does a child think of that sequence? You know, do they get that? I don't. I I don't know. I don't know. I remember because it isn't. It isn't heavy-handed in any way. It's just no. like boom. It it you assume. I mean, well, I, I mean, mean, as adults, it's easy for us to fill in that context. I think but. even if you don't get it precisely, you still get the heartbreak of it. You, yeah, I think kids would still understand that, you know, something very sad happened. I do remember yeah. seeing this movie in the theaters and going to see it with friends of ours, Siv and Christina. And for anyone who doesn't know Christina, she's not... Which is like she's, everyone. She's yeah, not a uh, uh, she's not a soft touch by any means. No. And she's sitting next to me in the theater. And about the time, yeah, we got to the baby part. And like, as we're going on, she just turns to me and her eyes were all wet. She's like, what? I thought this was a kid's movie. What are we watching? This is horrible. <laughs> oh, it's so great. And, uh, honestly, what I, one of the things that I thought about when I was rewatching it last night was I'm like, this movie has no fear about talking about death. Like, no, and, the, and even uh, I, I was mean, surprised Disney to see there's never blood. shied away from death. Yeah. That's that's oh, yeah, when he cracks the guy on the skull. Yeah, there was actual blood. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, yeah. not actual, but well, you know, yeah. animated. You, that they could have gotten got away color. with a bruise right. or something like that. Or, or a lump. Some birds floating yeah, around his head. Something, yeah, but no, they do. Yeah, you don't get, <laughs> there's not much in the, and that's something I can appreciate about Pixar is that it's not so dumbed down where it's, where they pull out the, the cartoon tropes. They're Pixar like, has right. always been very good at, Making movies bright and colorful and entertaining enough for children, but with themes that adults can understand and well, relate to. Well, it respects it's, the audience. It's yeah. it's, it's a, 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 a like real human emotion. Like they're not playing; they don't shy away from that. Like all of their movies are about real human emotions, whether it's grief or you know puberty or you know the loss of innocence or whatever it is. Like every one of their movies is about something real and human put into this fantastical Pixar escape. Okay, so we're back to 
The mm-hmm. re- recap? Yeah. Okay. So they're, uh, that dream of Paradise Falls, you know, they, uh, Ellie wanted to, you know, eventually have her a home right on the waterfall. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was always sort of in the back of their minds. But then as things happen. Life happens. Life had ha- to break into that coin jar multiple times. Yeah. Um, and Carl remembered that now that's a promise he made and tries to even on Ellie's deathbed. He's even like, no, no, we can still, man. She's like, uh, Carl, come on. (laughs) Hardest part is she gets sick the day he's going to give her the tickets to Venezuela. Yep. Like that's brutal. Oh my God, dude. Like they really just gut punch you so hard in this movie. And, And, and then, and then after Carl's back at the house, and he's just pulling the one, like the the single balloon, like he like he was as you know as a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how they it. met the balloon. I loved that little mirror there. <laughs> that was beautiful. And uh, you know, now we're now we're back in the uh, in the even well, just as bitter and cruel, but world, but uh, of the present, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Old man Carl, which I for some reason kept putting in in my old notes. man Carl. Yeah, I just want because he he was only not old man Carl for about two minutes in this. movie. I guess I could have <laughs> just said young boy Carl and then said Carl for the rest of the time. Yeah, as well, Asner Carl. Um, but he's you know for a guy who all this has happened to, like remarkably not bitter. Eh. Well, he but he's like wistful. You know what I mean? Like he's like he takes he still takes pride in the house and 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 pride in the like he still talks to his wife. You know, he he, well, yeah. he wears the button and the button is like such a thing. The, like the wow. grape soda button. Yeah. That's his uh their their club. The Ellie badge. Yeah, the Ellie badge. I would say yeah, I don't think he's bitter. I think he's He's just reclusive. Yeah, he's turned himself in inward. I mean, he's he's a curmudgeon. We all we all know. But if curmudgeon. you but if you look yeah. at the world right outside of his door, like ev- <laughs> like everything else has passed him by, and he just wants his one patch of earth to just be that left he, alone. That he and Ellie built together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't. You know, it's weird. Like they want to. Like it seemed. I think the conventional wisdom with a lot of of Carl's uh, motivations, like people don't necessarily, uh, are, are, you're meant to be like, wow, he's really being an ass about this or something like, and I'm like, oh, fuck that. This guy's earned it. He's lived well, it. He good. I mean, even when he hits the guy with the cane, like I understood yeah, where I, that was coming right. from, but I and think he immediately regretted it. He realized what he did, but it was just like, I think what, when, which is one of the things I really like about this, this opening of the movie here is that, we get to see that, and we know we're seeing that side of it, but we still see like how horrible it was that he hit that guy in the head. Mm-hmm. And we can also understand by watching the movie that the people around him, they just don't know his backstory. They don't know what he's been through. Yeah. They're just seeing this old guy that's being a piece of shit towards them. He's not even being a piece well, of no, shit. Well, I when mean, he's a little guy, bit of a mystery. When he cracks maker. the guy in the head. All right, he well, that's so, bad, but again, yeah. not intentional. Right. He means, like, to right talk, yeah. he means to talk shit to the foreman. Yeah, which is great. I love talking <laughs> the, to the All foreman. the construction guys and stuff, though, especially the guy that, like, 
got hit in the head. Like he was trying to stop yeah. that machine. And then he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like right. he, he knew. And I think all the construction guys knew. Like they're like, I mean, I get why you're still here, but look what's happening around you kind of thing. Well, Unlike the evil, almost faceless corporation guys. Like the, the, they drew them so they were almost completely faceless. With just they, a they cell were, phone. You get uh-huh. the cell phone. Yeah, they, were like, yeah. they were like the men in black over there. Exactly. <laughs> um, they were black rock. Literally. <laughs> but alas, uh, Shady Oaks awaits, <laughs> oh, awaits Shady as, Oaks. as Carl loses control of his mailbox is damaged by the construction crew and he attacks a worker who we just mentioned. Bludgeoning. He gives him a real hard whack. Like, super hard. To be fair, uh, and this is one of the things, like, they didn't have to press charges on him. Like, I, the guy probably needed stitches, but it's not like, they could just be like, you know what? We don't need to have yeah, this guy. I don't know was, where this took place, but is there a stand your ground law? That was that was the opening they needed, though, to it get was. him out of the house. So, it of was. course, they pressed charges. And I'm like, of course, it's the, it's not the guy that got cracked. I'm sure it was the corporation. Was like, oh, well, yeah, yeah he's charges. the one who looks at him. Right. And, 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 and he's like, ah, we got in him. In his almost <laughs> expressionless face, you and, can see a smile. And, yeah. and he puts his hand on... Uh, the post of the fence. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this is, is mine n- now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's that, that, and that's another. And Carl th- knew as soon and as that's he, another, oh, yeah, he, he knew. knew. Another great yeah. example of just like just not needing to say it. Yeah, just just the subtle move. You hear you know. that, filmmakers? You don't need to ham fist everything. <laughs> it's okay. This, we'll figure it out. This movie and talking about those little details, like putting the like, it is so full of little details. That just enhance, enhance, and enhance. It's great that way. I'm glad you picked this movie because I've always liked it, but I haven't seen it in a few years. Ne- so same, it was same. nice to do. It was nice to give it a rewatch. Yeah, same. Um, so Carl again, not bitter. Mm-hmm. I say he's not bitter. No, I wouldn't say he's bitter. I, I guess it's the fact that like over like a few months ago, I watched uh, what was it a man called Otto? Oh, that's the Tom, the Tom Hanks, Hanks one. And you talk about a dude who's like a widower who's just a surly motherfucker. <laughs> and and like it I mean for for a lot of people I would guess that uh or or maybe for a certain segment of the population might confirm what you might think about Tom Hanks. But right. uh <laughs> but it's a very un Tom Hanks like role and 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 but it's as good as that performance is it's the easier path. Well, it, it like yes. It, whereas this has much more nuance. Well, but to, Ed, also in this, speaking of the actors, Ed Asner has spent had spent his career being the lovable curmudgeon. Like Lou Grant was that kind of a same thing. Like he was for a curmudgeon our, for our, uh, our our listeners under seventy. <laughs> you want, you want he to... was he was the Boston Mary Tyler Moore. Um, that was just my guess. Yes, but but Lou Grant was abrasive and harsh but he you could tell that he cared and you didn't hate Lou Grant the curmudgeon as the person. with the heart of gold right so like it's it's right in Ed Asner's wheelhouse this kind of a performance which you know great for Pete Doctor for choosing Ed Asner for this role because it was perfect uh, so he decides his only way out is to take his house and all his memories to Paradise Falls trying to fulfill Ellie's promise and he realizes he has nothing really to lose anymore. It's either mm-hmm. it's either he does this really ridiculous last adventure or Shady Oaks. 
I do wonder (laughs) the one thing, and I realize this is an animated film for children and therefore requires a certain amount of suspension of disbelief, but I can't help but wonder (laughs) where Carl got 10,000 balloons and helium Uh, overnight. No, he, he was a balloon dude. He, he was probably, always handing out the balloons. He probably knew kids. where they were at the zoo that he worked at. I guess. But still, he had to go get them I, and bring them back and oh, fill them I, all up and I all did, of that. That was the one, one moment where I'm like, <laughs> okay. But I, I still loved it. It's a cartoon. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, wait, what? Huh? You, and, you know, the house was built well enough that it could be floated like that and still keep its structural ri- integrity. While being ripped from its foundation, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> uh Oh, we before it it takes off though we we met uh, we met little Russell. Russell. Oh. <laughs> oh man, Russell is so Russell has no inner monologue. It is all just outer monologue. It's amazing. Every thought he has comes out of his mouth. I mean, a lot of little kids are like that, I know, but, but it's <laughs> like it's like pristinely that. Ah, Russell is and. As much as Carl is a delightful curmudgeon, Russell is the perfect, annoying yet lovable child. Like he's annoying, but you can't really get mad at him. Yeah, and <laughs> there's an about a boy sort of a. <laughs> well, we also dynamic later we a later bit, yeah. we find out why Russell is the way Russell is, and it's once again very human and heartbreaking. <laughs> I can't remember what her what, what her name was, but when he's like, so and so is not my mom. And Carl oh, just yeah, has yeah. that understanding of, oh. Just like, yeah. See, as, as again, we're all doing another that. one where he right. doesn't have to say what yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, exactly. And, and that may, again, may not be for, that's, that's not for every kid, but for any kid who's gone through it. Mm-hmm. They get it. Right away. Yes. Um, so he unwittingly stowaways on the floaty house. Uh, there's there's the massive thunderstorm. I live. I love the moment Carl sits down in the chair and he's just like relaxing. And the ready doorbell for rings, yeah. and you're like, "What the, Mr. Fredrickson? <laughs> Can I come in, please?" Was he found a snipe? Yeah, he was looking for which that made me laugh. The snipe. That's hunt. also a joke for a much older generation. Do younger generations know what snipe hunting is? Probably not. I don't know what that. But is. it was. It's 100 percent what Carl would say. And like, so, that's what I loved about it. What, I grew up in the country. So did Nick to an extent. DeKalb mm-hmm. is pretty much the country. But like snipe hunting, you used to do it usually to like high school kids would do it to younger kids and like send them out in the woods and be like, go, go snipe hunting. And then you drive away and leave them there. And yeah. it was a prank. But like, yeah, snipe don't exist. So you send somebody snipe. Sending somebody snipe hunting is essentially sending them on a wild goose chase. Like it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Or just telling them to fuck off without telling them to fuck off. I love the, the, yeah, the, that too. the whole hunt for it. They're like, here, Snipe. Clap, 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 clap. Yep. <laughs> uh, somehow, well, thank, well thanks to Russell's uh, <laughs> GPS, <laughs> they end up right above South America, which, what? I mean, that's... Another I mean, suspension of disbelief is that they made it that quickly... I mean, Without crashing into anything. It, once you get up high enough, I mean, you can catch a pretty good breeze. But yeah, he, it would have taken a long. <laughs> it would have taken. It would have taken a few days. I feel like. Yeah. But yeah. we don't know how long Carl was out. Because Carl's like, "Wait, what happened?" He's like, "Oh, we're here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did I write Russell's huge shit? I don't know. 
Oh, because he had to take a shit. And he was like, oh, oh like after right. that, he's like, oh. do I think the whole first? Or oh, not? that's right. Because I remember, because I remember as he's covering it, I'm like, what the he's fuck? That thing's like half as tall as he is. I guess I completely missed that. I must have checked my phone or something. It was something just really weird God, because all of a sudden so I'm like, I'm like, I just imagine Jeff Goldblum turning around and say, saying, oh. Yeah, the whole, I got to go to the bathroom. I just asked you 10 minutes ago. He goes, I didn't have to go. And then he goes, and he's got the shuffle. And he just goes, you just hear him yelling, hey, do I dig the hole before or after? And that one took a second. (laughs) I mean, you got to know something about camping and uh, being in the woods. Oh, man. (laughs) Which, for a guy with all these wilderness badges, he knows nothing. Well, and that's the first hint, though. Like, later on when we see him trying to build the tent and stuff, and then the admission of... His dad I've never knows built all this one stuff. Before. Yeah. I be- well, you think he said he's never built one outside before. He's never gone camping outside, outside. before. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we get, the- <laughs> we get the huge pile of shit. Uh, huge pile of and, shit. And we, and we meet Kevin, the giant toucan raptor. Yeah. Kevin! He's a basically a toucan and an emu put together. I, and I maybe a little bit a, of bird paradise. A capa, it was a capoeira? No, that's, that's Brazilian dance. I, I was going to say, that's, that's, a, that's a fight. Not capoeira. <laughs> um, the, Kookaburra? The, no, the big bird, the other one in Australia that looks cassowary? like a cassowary. He's like a cassowary. Oh, he's, got, so, he's a cassoulet. There yeah. you he's go. A cassoulet is a bean dish, yes. <laughs> there um, are too many things in the world that start with the ca and emmet sound. I, I, they definitely fused a few birds together, but I, I think there's a little bit... I didn't realize how small emu wings were until like the other day I saw a TikTok where they were holding an, somebody was holding an emu's wing, and I was like, holy shit, that is tiny. Uh, for that big ass bird, and so like, and yeah, Kevin's it made, got those it made birds, like those peacock sounds too. That yeah. ah! is very much a peacock sound. I've never heard a peacock Peacocks, make a noise. So they, yeah, they sound like a cross between like a woman yelling and a baby crying. It's very ah, that's what peacock sounds like. What was that sound again? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors had peacocks when I was a kid, and you could wow. hear them. It was it was wild. Nice. We also meet uh, Doug, the polite hostage taker. Fucking Doug. I would die for Doug. Doug so, is my favorite. Well, Doug would obviously die for his master. I, I for, Since I've seen this movie, and you said it came out in 2009, so yeah. for the last 15 years, I keep quoting the, I just met you, and I love you. <laughs> because so, that is such a golden retriever thing to do. <laughs> I had this realization rewatching this movie. If you take Doug and Kevin and Russell and put them together, you get Ellie. I don't know if we know enough about Ellie to make that. I, well, I like, mean, I guess as a substitute for Car- to Carl. Yeah, like the personality traits. You've got Doug, who is all about, uh, you know, uh, loyalty, loyalty, and, loyalty love. and love. You've got uh, Russell, who is all about just being open and saying eg- everything. Adventure. Right, and adventure. And Kevin has- The confidence. The confidence. Kevin's just going and, through life, doing whatever. And caretaking, though. <laughs> yeah. And so by oh. the three, their, their powers combined. <laughs> they are Voltron Ellie. I was actually thinking Captain Planet, but <laughs> oh. same thing. It's, it's, like, it's like a replacement for Ellie in a way. Hmm. In the three episodes of doing this show, that is probably the closest thing to good analysis we've gotten from you. <laughs> Quite possibly. Wow, thanks. <laughs> you like how you had to wait along for the part that sounded like a... Like a compliment, mm-hmm. and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the quick 
pulling the the tablecloth out from underneath. Mm, it's the closest I'll ever get a as uh, get to a compliment from you, so it's fine. Fair. Uh, and we also get the talking dog Tuscan Raiders. Oh my god, the bad! I called them the bad dogs the whole time, and then freaking Alpha. <laughs> that little the voice problem with yes. Alpha is so funny. I liked his other voice better. <laughs> <laughs> But when they first show up, I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is like the Sand People coming on Star Wars. Well, it's interesting because there's a Star Wars reference later on in the movie, so that's even funnier. Oh, I missed it. When they're uh, the dogs in the planes, and they were like, well, I can't remember what color it was, like, gray leader. All right. Well, that could be. Literally anything. That could be no, Last Starfighter. It, it, it could be. Uh, no, like they literally talked like they, the, the, the fighters in Star Wars in the first movie. Like, yeah, I, I've heard Red Leader, Gold Leader, and all sorts of crap. I think it was direct reference I to Star Wars. I think it was just a World War II thing. I think it was a Star I think Wars. It's a, I, I thought it was a, any space. Tra- I'm, I think they said in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica happened after Star Wars, so it was a Star Wars thing. All right, but it. Not the OG Battlestar Galactica. Uh, no, it's still. Yeah, uh, for it's, sure. It's concurrent. It's close. Uh, I'm going to stand with my statement. Okay. But then, who is the leader of the Tusken Raider dogs? <laughs> but Ch- Charles Muntz. And how the hell is he still alive? Yeah, he's got to be like 100 years old. Was hey, he in some know, suspended animation? I don't know how old Carl Good is. Good living, man. Good living or in South par- America. Par- I was going to say, does Paradise Falls, is that also Fountain like of a- Youth? It's kind of like yeah, Land maybe. of the Lost, so it could be. Because, yeah, he's got to be about oh 100 God, because, you know, Carl's- <laughs> Oh, shit. Carl, kind of is. Carl is probably, I'm guessing, like early 80s. And if he was a kid, when he, Charles was already so he's about 100. Born, he, yeah. Even if he's- like at the very beginning of like retirement age, he's still Charles yeah. looks still has to be. He's there. got his own personal chef that makes him healthy food every yeah, day. Yeah, where is this? Where is this chef? It's Ca- one of the dogs. Yeah, I was gonna say Epsilon, and I'm <laughs> like, it's one it? of the dogs. I'm like, <laughs> cool name for a dog, but I never saw. I don't remember seeing Epsilon. I mean, I'm sure their names are obviously. There's Alpha, Alpha, Beta. Oh, that's true. Gamma, Delta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Ogre. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the whole Doug. alphabet, but you know what I mean. And Doug, D U G Doug, which is hilarious to me that it's D U G. I mean, they didn't have to even. It's okay, no matter what. I don't really need that. But freaking Doug, man. Doug. Cone but, of shame. Uh, but yeah, is it, it I do not like the cone of shame. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- I love the taboo effect of the cone of shame. Oh, it's so, but it's also like, so accurate. It's a for scarlet dogs. letter, really. Yeah, yeah. it's like. <laughs> um, but Charles Muntz is on a mission, mm-hmm. and it's not just you know curing arthritis. No. Uh, as it turns out, those Christians who didn't believe him, <laughs> they didn't realize. Or could not have known that an animal such as Kevin exists. What's interesting is in this this reveal here is like we had for real though. There are definitely plenty of animals in the jungles of South America that we haven't found yet. Sure, or in the ocean. Like, but the 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 slow reveal of who Charles Muntz is as a person, like. He's this adventurer, but then we see like all of the skeletons, and he literally points out all the skeletons in his past, 
and we're kind of it shifts he's, he's the perspective a, just slightly. He's a colonizer discri- right. disguised as an adventurer, right. which is all colonizers. I was going to say, but they did it. They did it with 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 that that once again with that deft hand. They didn't hammer yeah. us with it, and even once the character, you feel a little bit of sympathy for him. Until he starts with the helmets. Yes. With the hel- well, that's the turning point. Yeah, the helmet. Oh, <laughs> fucking helmets. Oof. He's, he's literally gets, almost literally gets scalps on his wall. Oh, I want to point this out, too, because we've, we didn't mention it, but the, the fact that the dogs kept calling Russell the small mailman was hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought I wrote the something about mailman. that. Um, but, oh, yeah, I have that later on. <laughs> And I and I my uh, thought on that was is it because Russell is so dislikable? Aww. <laughs> and they and and dogs inherently don't like the mailman. No, no. I think it's just the because uniform. he's looks like a mailman. Yeah, he's got uniform. his little bag that he carries around in his hat and he just looks like a small mailman. Hmm. Which by the way earlier in the movie John Ratzenberger was the mailman because John Ratzenberger has to be in every Pixar movie. How do- and John Ratzenberger was the mailman. How do dogs? He was Cliff Clavin, yeah. the America's mailman. That is true. How do those dogs know what a mailman is, though? Because theoretically, they were born and raised in the jungle, where uh, there were no mailmen. But they've been taught things, like Lilu in the Fifth Element. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only better, <laughs> right? Like way better. Yeah. Did they ever say? Did Munson like? Because I know they talk Munson? about him. That's what I heard yeah, too. That's what I heard we're too. talking about. <laughs> you ever gotten Munson? <laughs> <laughs> In a way, Carl gets Munson big time. I haven't even been drinking. Um, did they ever say uh, explorer guy? What the hell is his name? Months. Months. Okay. Um, did they ever say like? Because I know they talk about him at the beginning, and then we sort of forget about him because it was a childhood dream. But like, did mm-hmm. he go missing? Because he's apparently been out there for twenty, thirty years. Yeah. Well, they said that he's. That he was determined to prove this, whatever, and and yeah, and that was the last. And time then we anybody just forgot about him. him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, kind of Amelia Earhart,ed but not. Except they didn't forget about Amelia Earhart. They went and looked for her. Yeah, like I said, but. <laughs> uh, Coconut see. crabs. Fucking what? Why? That's that's one of the theories of what happened to Amelia Earhart. Oh, that they ate that her? They crashed on an island, and the coconut crabs just devoured the bodies, and that's oh. why they've I mean, never that's, been found. That's possible. That's a shame, because I was actually getting hungry. Because <laughs> I was thinking of some sort of crab dish made with coconut milk, maybe, or something. I mean, that sounds delicious. Yeah, like some sort of soup. Coconut crabs are edible, but they just look like giant fucking hermit crabs. They're yeah. creepy. Hey, there's all sorts of ugly things in nature that you wouldn't want to see, but you'll seafood. eat them. All of seafood. <laughs> Mm. A gooey duck. Gooey duck. Ah, the most phallic of seafood dishes. And I don't know. Sea cucumber can be pretty phallic, too. And they squirt. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the dog, well, dog's eating Russell's hot dog was hilarious. Oh, he yeah, gets yeah. so excited about that hot dog, and then <laughs> they just kept getting eaten from both sides, and then his orange juice was getting drank. It was so funny. Because they're servants, but they're still dogs. It's a very weird combo, too, hot dog. Hot dog and orange juice. Just, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's what it that's was. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it was, was animated orange juice. It's American kid maybe food. Maybe it's tang. It's it's less weird than oh, when yeah. they used to serve us milk with every meal, though, when yeah. we were kids. I did not want milk with pizza. I liked milk. I didn't, so I never had milk. Milk was fine, but not with every single meal. Like fried chicken and milk, pizza and milk. Why? <laughs> You're dipping uh, pizza depends, and milk. Depends. Are you? Is it buttermilk? No. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was chocolate milk because I don't like plain milk. Me either. (laughs) Which is so weird because I, even though I'm very much not a uh, a vegan or anything, I still I prefer plant milk. I actually think you just like the taste better. I think it tastes better. I think I think coconut milk is pretty delicious. But oh, that's not why you're here. Um, No. But uh, oh, but Carl had. Carl is a man who is victimized by his own promises. He, keep, he, he just doesn't want to. He just gives in to people who will hound him to death. <laughs> okay. So he may, all these pushy people, whether it's Ellie or. This is why he doesn't deal with people, because they back him into a corner and then he promises stuff. And he's like, damn it, I don't really want to do this. But he's the it sounds hero. like it's, it sounds like it's not not too much of an imposition. And then he ends up, you know, having an entire life with that. With well, that he's one of those people that is just easily swayed by peer pressure. He's just like, OK, I know people like that. They'll I, just go along with whatever is presented to them. I think I don't think Ellie pushed him around. I think Ellie was his. Ellie he gave him felt, a reason, yeah, he, but like, yeah. but like, and also like, he cares. That's the big thing with with Russell and Doug and Kevin. It's like he has this thing that he wants to do, and he feels passionate because he wants to have his closure about Ellie. But at the same time, he has to take care of these people that are in front of him because they're there in front of him. Well, and he promises to Russell that he'll help Kevin, and uh, and although by <laughs> then he's kind of like all in on it. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he, I mean, he realizes, be, well, obviously, before, I'm, I'm pretty sure while they're running, Russell doesn't know what the hell's going on. No. <laughs> we kind of skipped him imagining dangling Russell out the window oh, of the, oh, the that's house, right. though, when he's like, oh, I can see my house from here, and yeah. then cut to him being dangled along, and then obviously tragedy strikes and zip back to, well, that won't work. <laughs> Yeah, that was early. That, that was a really when he first weird got on break. The, the uh-huh. house. Like that was like because you're not expecting like this weird little random daydream but, in the middle. Of the, but then later, also th- that actually happens. Yeah. they're both dangling from the house multiple times after that. And but. then we saw what happened to Munts, who got Munson. <laughs> so as unafraid as this movie is of like portraying violence, with Munts actually falling to his death and the Hans guy. Gruber. That guy getting hit with the cane and whatever. I did notice no dogs were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> they all fell into the river. They all <laughs> fell into the river. Or, you know, they had parachutes when their planes got blown up. Like, they all the dogs were always fine. Well, with the exception <laughs> of Alpha, I think they're all innocents. Well, you know? And Alpha's the only one who really has a, an act of aggression because he actually bites, uh, like, the Kevin. net. Kevin. Uh, no, Doug. Well, Kevin Thanks, gets Doug. bit. Oh, that too. Kevin, oh, Kevin, that's yeah. right. Kevin gets gets his legs gnawed on a little bit. Ah! But but yeah, like uh, Alpha just comes up right behind Doug and just grabs him with his teeth and tosses him off a, uh, off the edge. Right, there, yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh shit! Well, there goes Doug. And then, uh, well, sure enough, yes. he just. Poor oh, I Doug. just I just, just want to hug Doug. Uh, <laughs> It's okay. It works out okay for Doug. Yeah. Um, I forgot who said this, but I thought it was a really great line. Uh, the boring stuff is the stuff I remember the most. Oh, that was that Kev- was, that was Russell. Uh, Russell. Russell's talking about his dad. He's talking about yes. his dad and the yeah. counting the cars. Yep. That was and, a beautiful and it, line. I mean, 
there's a lot of just poignant truth in a lot of a lot of you know there's not a it's weird a movie that's just there doesn't really seem like there's a lot of dialogue well it, it, i would even call it, i would even say it's a simple movie like it's not very complicated it's not anything elaborate it's a very simple movie that has a lot of real truth in it i think but there, but there are a lot of layers though yeah no dialogue in you know disney pixar movies we were talking about wally and how much you love wally that's a movie with almost no dialogue yeah. until the last third of it mm-hmm. I, I mean so. I, I appreciate some uh, a, a project that goes for something totally different and that commits to it Mm-hmm. And then, what well, I don't—it doesn't. It's not about success or failure. It's just like, did you have the, did you have the stones to actually go through and finish it, mm-hmm. and and stand by your vision? And yeah, it, this, it, they're both Pixar, and there's a lot of the same, both uh, same era same, of Pixar too. Well, same era and same, you know, creative teams, mm-hmm. but vastly different goals. Uh, between, oh yeah. Be, you know, this is a much this is a much more human story. Wally being more of a is you know, I mean it is human, but it's it's a greater human story where it's 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 about Wally like, is more of a cautionary tale. Yeah, well, it, it, <laughs> well but this also one's more just about the human condition. I in think general. both also though deal with like debilitating loneliness in their own ways. Which I think is a bridge between the two movies. I mean, yeah, all of these characters, Doug is clearly lonely, and Russell is lonely, and Carl Carl is is lonely. lonely. Kevin can't get to get her. Get to yeah. We I think we've been saying he because Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's a girl. Yeah, but yeah, Kevin can't get to her children. I mean, I think even months is lonely to an extent. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, but before that, yeah, we've we keep, we've been jumping around. But before oh, yeah. that, uh, you know, they escape and they think they're, uh, you know, Carl and and the menagerie uh, have escaped and they think they're gonna go ahead and take the house and 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 keep on on going and then, then that damn munch shows up again, sets fire to it. That was real shit. Yeah, the the dogs cap capture Kevin. Uh, Russell's assessment of the whole thing that Carl gave Kevin away is kind of bullshit. It is, but it isn't. It's like, a very, it's a very child thing to say in a, in a moment where you're hurt, but it's also completely invalid. But and also, this Kevin, not Kevin. All of these names are too similar. Yeah, Russell. Russell, I don't think understood the importance of the house. Yeah, he, that, he, even though yeah. he keeps hearing him say Ellie. Towards the house, I don't think he understands. Yeah, like, I don't think I don't think Russell understands the backstory of no, that's his dead wife. That, no, he doesn't understand. But that's right. not even what I mean. It's just like, what would you have Carl do? Save Kevin. Yeah, because priorities are different. If well, he had, but, but if he had tried to save Kevin and failed, Russell would have been like, okay, well, it's okay, Miss. If by failed you mean <coughs> gnawed to death by dogs, then yeah, yeah, yeah he would have been like, it's okay. And then Mr. Russell Frederick, wouldn't have been tried. alive either to even bother complaining about it, yeah. right? So I know it's a kid lack of logic thing, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was once again another I, heartbreaking I'm, moment in that movie. I'm sorry, too. I just need to, I just need to defend Carl sometimes. Oh, and this is when Carl, you know, I don't think anybody his, blames Carl. Hits his wits end for the second time yes and poor Doug and far and far <laughs> worse this Doug. time 
Poor Doug. I felt so bad for Doug. Bad. Like, he didn't even do anything. Doug is an animated dog, and yet the reaction when he says bad dog to Doug bad was dog. so moving. And he just slinks off, and like it's like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't even have a golden retriever, but I've been around them often enough to know that they, they get it. They understand when human is angry, and they feel so bad. <laughs> but it also leads to the best return ever with Doug. Mirroring good old Russell at the very Mirror- beginning. <laughs> um, but Carl completes his mission. He gets the house to Ellie's spot. The house is in complete shambles, much like Carl's heart. Oh. He sits, picks up Ellie's book, and comes to the section, stuff I'm going to do. Oh, for fuck's sake. Which this is I so find, brutal. Which is, is weird, because you'd think he'd look through this. Well, I get it, because it was... I would have thought he would have looked no, through it at I, some point, I too. I totally understand. But, but, because but, it's, no, I do, too. But at the same time, it, like, it doesn't occur to us that he's... Ne- but if you think about it, he, we never see him look past that page. Yeah. Because it's kind of weird that that page isn't at the beginning of the book either. Well, I think it's kind of like halfway through. Right, but I think his, and this is the reason he doesn't, is because she gives him the book as she's dying, and he sees that page, and it's it's making him go, shit, these are all the things that I failed to give her. Yeah. Yeah. And so he couldn't bear to look through it until he was at his wit's end. But now he's at the spot. Right. And it's like, okay, well, I'm here. I got to... And he, even, he still and, needed a little help to get that first page to open. Like that. Yeah. You know. And yeah. And, and you go through tiny it. Tiny bit like, of magic of destiny. Your heart just crumbles again as soon yeah, as you honestly, start leaving through it. It's really. I mean, I kind of saw that coming, though. It doesn't like, matter. Oh, yeah, you saw yeah. it coming, really but it's still, it's still like boom, heartstrings. The, uh, it, it, it's. This movie, like after the. You know, you could have skipped everything after the opening montage. And just showed me this right after, and and that would have been a perfect film. Honestly, <laughs> would have been a real short film. It would, it would have been a great short film, but like Pixar does have some really great short films. They really too. do. They are known for their shorts that they usually play right before the main film. I don't mm-hmm. know what the short for this one was, but this might have been the clouds and the storks. Oh, I don't remember that. Or something know. like that. There was Rainbows are two different shorts that they had. I can't remember. I don't know because I didn't see it in the theater and Fair it didn't show anything on Disney Plus. No. Yeah. So they have all the shorts on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they, do. they just But it's sort of the same thing probably if you're watching, you know, Death Proof, you're not going to get all the commercials? You're not going to get all the the fake trailers and Yeah. yeah. Those were the best part of the they, they were so great. Well, I mean, yeah, after the trailers, it was pretty much worthless because then came Death Proof. I liked Death Proof. I know most people did not. I liked Death Proof. I thought it was fine. Is it because of Kurt Russell? It's not not because of Kurt Russell. I liked Planet Terror <laughs> but, but, better, but I liked but, Death Proof. But it was also just because Quentin Tarantino obviously has no idea how to write, write for a woman. What? Come on. Which is why Marco Robbie didn't speak during uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What are you talking about? We, he had two movies that started with Thurman. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm just Up. saying. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, At least one of us is always always wrangling the other two. It's not always the same person. I, yeah. I said one of us. I know. 
Didn't say me. I said one of us. But yeah, I was just clarifying. Stuff I'm going to do is, in fact, stuff that they've already done. Mm-hmm. She lived a full life with somebody who loved her. And she lived a different dream and found her own paradise all- along the way. Um, the one thing I will say is that this gives Carl an all-too-quick attitude adjustment. And now he's all about Doug and helping Russell save Kevin. Um... I, I do mean, like. I it do does like, kind of snap him out of it. I get that. Yeah. Something has to be done right now. Yeah, he doesn't it, have more time to wallow. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not like eh, let's see in a week how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> and I do feel like that kind of a change does happen suddenly. Like it's not something that grad. Well, like, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like naturally it, it would happen. It, gradually. it happens suddenly when subconsciously it's the thing you all you wanted to do yes. anyway. Yeah. Right. Um. But uh, now we we just get all the yeah, the big the big fight. Well, I don't know. If fight's really the word. I want to point out with that so many dog dog callbacks uh, <laughs> that you can't even. I want to want to go back real quick because when he decides to go back and he has to like unload the house and he's just dumping shit and then as he's leaving we see the two chairs just perfectly placed and I'm like that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was just a beautiful shot of the two chairs like that. Uh, so yeah, but I I like that they they had the the thing early where his uh, walker has the the tennis ball. On. Yeah. So, and this I mean this is definitely an obvious thing to see coming, but it doesn't make it not the right thing to do. Right. Uh, you know, throws the tennis ball, gets the dogs out of the way, so he can. So, well, I'm saying Carl can get to uh the room where Kevin is uh, being held captive. Uh, even in the fight, even in the even the fighter pilots are still somehow seeing squirrels in midair. Well, they don't, they're not seeing them. He just said, "Hey, look, a squirrel, squirrel." Well, that's what I mean. Oh, I like it. they, it's where, like, where, squirrel. where. I mean, it's the exact way a dog would react. To that. It is the way a dog would react. <laughs> oh, squirrel. And oh, that's goodness. when uh, uh, the the showdown, Alpha and, and Doug. I am the Alpha now. I mean, I did also, we kind of skipped over it, but Doug trying to stop all the dogs. You, go ahead. I will stop them. Hey, you guys, stop. And they all just run past him. Yeah, that was great. And uh, so there was more than just dog-on-dog violence, though, because now we get get old man fight. Gotta love old man fight. Yeah. Oh, old man fights are the best. I, I wrote in my notes, um, like, uh, that idiot brought a sword to a cane fight. <laughs> and I and I love that Carl spits his teeth right in Munson's that face. That was hilarious. <laughs> Spit it out! <laughs> because somehow, Munson being 120 years old can, some, can still... Uh, there's some rejuvenating that clean living? I mean, it, it literally might a, just be that clean living and sense of purpose. Just... Yeah, spite, living for spite. Uh-huh. That's a real thing. Uh-huh. And all, and maybe it's just the very, yeah, the very healthy cooking of Epsilon. There Epsilon you go. is an amazing I mean, I, don't, I doubt he has any processed foods in the middle of the jungle. It's probably all locally sourced and organic. Well, he, that food well he had a hot dog. He probably but made why it himself. Gave, but that's why, yeah, he, that's the crap he gives to the guests who so he's eventually going to decapitate. There you go. Hey, it's better than food from uh, Nothing But Trouble, that's for sure. Oh, my. Oh, 
Okay. Um, I don't get that reference, but moving on. Don't worry. We're never going to talk about that movie in this podcast. She's seen half of it and fallen asleep, so it's fine. Have um, I? Yeah. In New Orleans. We watched it a couple years ago. Oh. See, that's how much I recall that movie, because I don't remember this at all, but okay. It was the first movie uh, role of uh, Tupac Shakur. Yep. It was, oh. we, yeah, you were like, wait, is that Tupac? I when, don't remember this When Digital this Underground was on the uh, in court? Yeah, Humpty Hump's on trial. Yeah. But... <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. <I> just, <laughs> you guys couldn't see that Flipper's visual, but... <laughs> dead? What? Flipper's dead? <laughs> That's that's the line from that movie that I will never forget. Is their reaction to the? That's where they buried Flipper. There are so many things I will never remember about that. That's fair. Um, but of course, this is how it has to be. The only way to defeat Munts. I didn't love that name. Munts is Munts. is Carl has to sacrifice his house to say to save his friends. And as he watches the house plummet beneath the clouds, he says, it's just a house. Mm-hmm. Mm. His friendship with Russell is Carl's new adventure. A spirit literally hovering above him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this man. is more less notes. And I'm writing like my own narrative. You are. You know, like, yeah, it's so I funny. like it. I'm enjoying it. Russell's <laughs> death is so like. Russell stark. certainly did aid the elderly and he gets the Ellie badge for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just have a couple of, I, of questions. I loved the that uh, the room full of parents is also a room full of dogs. dogs yeah, <laughs> yeah. There were there were like three people in there and forty five dogs. Yeah, it was perfect. Well, that's because nobody really goes to those things. No, only the parents. Well, especially the parents. if you're Russell's parents. Well, Russell's mom. His mom was there. Yeah, it's just, it's just the dad. He's and we never dad. they don't really establish that he's like a shitty dad. It's just that he's not around. Yeah, which I, well, I liked that too. They, that they established didn't... that he's remarried and probably right. and so therefore probably has a new family. Right, yeah, but they didn't kind of uninvolved. And I appreciated they didn't paint him in like this super ass negative light like they could have, and a lot of movies would have. Uh, yeah, Carl, he's a drunk, and uh, yeah. I mean, we sort of skipped. They they did reunite Kevin with her family, mm-hmm. and of course, the little Kevins. She uh she coughs up the cane, and all the little Kevins <laughs> cough up the balls. <laughs> Which I I actually kind of liked the whole him tottering around with that cane until he goes on this adventure, and then it's there, but he almost never uses it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have that crutch that we're like, we need this, we need this, we need this until. We sort of forget about it, and then we we didn't really ever need that. Well, right, it yeah. It's, he he became he didn't have it when she was when uh, Ellie was alive either. It was just this thing he allowed himself to. It was a literal. He, I mean, that's. He, I mean, he allowed himself to become sort of decrepit. I so yeah. I lost my grandfather recently, and saw my grandmother. He just passed away at the end of October, and I saw my grandmother for the first time since the funeral. Uh, over Christmas, and it's the first time I've ever seen her look frail, and I think it's just because she's by herself now. Well, yeah, and I've seen that through my own grandparents too, and it, it it's something that, yeah, when people have been together that long, and they're together they lose, right? Years. Yeah, and then they lose that other person. It it is like losing a whole part of yourself. Well, he sort of regains it, right? Go yeah, on. through the the Ellie substitute that is the Trinity of. Well, Russell, I mean, Kevin you know, Doug. Russell's the protege he never had. 
Right, I mean... Which, I mean, I don't know what him and... They have focus on him and Ellie's life, just the two of them. I mean, I'm sure they had friends and probably nieces and nephews and cousins and other I family. I kind of painted it as it was just the two of them. I mean, at the wedding, there you see... The gunshot at the wedding! <laughs> at the wedding, you see her family is obviously a lot like her, and there's a lot of them, and they're very happy and warm. His family is very somber, so I feel like... They had to have some family, at least with her side. Fair enough. But I just mean like- And I'm sure they had friends. I don't know if they had a big friend circle or not. Maybe not towards the end because, you know, my poor parents are experiencing now like they're like, we feel like we're going to a funeral every other week. You know, they're in their Mm. mid-70s and it's just the age that everybody's passing. So. Fair enough. Sorry to be depressing, guys. Well, the movie doesn't apologize about being depressing. No. (laughs) Which is one of the things I love about it is that they're just like, this is life. You're going to fucking hate it, and then you're going to fucking love it. Then you're going to fucking hate it, and then you're going to fucking love it. Well, and then you have the the names of the two locations named in this place. We don't really know what city he lives in, but Mm -hmm. we know he wants to go to Paradise Falls. But his alternative was Shady Oaks. So Mm -hmm. what, what... I mean, but Paradise Falls, not Paradise really at all in the fact, so is it, so is the Falls, I don't know, it, what, 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 how do we interpret these names? Like is, well, I think, I think Shady, like, uh, Shady Oak seems pretty I mean, obvious. those might not even be up for interpretation. Those are just pretty standard names for places you want to go and retirement homes. But you could have <laughs> probably used a different word other than Shady. Uh, yeah, I mean, because even like the two orderlies were kind of shady. Yeah, characters. or at the very least, yeah. the one, yeah, who didn't say anything. Right, that's um, fair. And then I was, I didn't really think about paradise. I mean, it's it's adventure. I think that it just represents adventure. I don't think it's versus. I mean, it does inactivity sound make it made up. Obviously, right. Well, it's a riff on it's Angel Falls is 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 based off of so, which also sounds very ominous when you say it. That's true. Very paradise lost. There you go. There you go. Mm. Um, going back to seven. Which, yeah, by the way, which in fact I am going to right now. I didn't oh. realize last last time when I picked up that I had made us go seven up. <laughs> oh. Um, but does up treat women any better than seven? <sighs> I yes. don't. There's only yes. one, There's one female character basically in each one. Oh, Kevin. Kevin's female. All right. Kevin is female. Um, I would actually argue that the strongest characters in this movie are the female characters. I would also say that I was definitely more broken up over Ellie's death than Gwyneth Paltrow's death. Same. Well, I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I... I get more upset of... Like, <laughs> while while we, you know, An while aunt. this movie did play into the quote-unquote refrigerating the woman... In order to set the stage for the story. Ooh, tell us what refrigerating the woman is. So, yes. Because that for, reminds me of a Green Lantern story. For those of you <laughs> that aren't aware of the term fridging or refrigerating, it's when the male character only has his character arc and drive because a female character, usually a partner, sometimes a child, has been killed. And so he's like, well, going to go on this adventure. So it's kind of like... John Wick minus the dog. Yeah. Got it. I mean, if John Wick's dog had gotten killed and his wife was still alive, he would not have gone through right. all of that. Exactly. 
But yeah, so, and people were mad about that in Deadpool 2 for the same reason. Like, just, yeah, fridging okay. a woman so the main male character can get his story arc. It's like when they killed, uh, what's her name in the Bourne series? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, what the, why would they kill her off? It happens a lot. Yeah. Hence the term. That's fair. But I got to see where this started. Because to be fair, though, also Ellie lived a full life. In this. They, they both lived a full, yeah. happy life. Yeah, it wasn't like she was, you know, taken away too soon. Because yeah. they, I mean, possibly too soon, but really probably only about five years too soon. Five, ten years, yeah. yeah. Unless she, she went and got munched and lived that good life in there you go. Venezuela. Well, this is where I've known it from, from 1994. Oh, Mm. I've only become aware of this term in the last five years or so. so. Well, this is where I think I've they only become aware li- of the term in the last five literally minutes. got it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was somebody actually put in a refrigerator? Yeah, that like, makes one sense. of the one of the Green Lanterns uh, his, in the comics, uh, a villain killed his girlfriend and literally put her in a fridge. Mm. Huh. Which lantern? Kyle Rayner. Oh, that's He's one not of- in the movie. Yeah, I don't, I've never heard of that one. He's the young one, the sensitive one. If there's anything that 80s shows taught me, it's never hide in a refrigerator for hide and seek. Because you can't get out. Because you can't get out. That's why refrigerator doors are magnetized now, and you can push them from the inside, because the old ones were not, and many, many children died in them. I am going to- That was in a G.I. Joe PSA. Uh, That was in a very special (laughs) episode of Punky Brewster, too. It was in an episode. (laughs) It was just in Good Burger, too, by the way. Oh. Wait a minute. There, yeah. there, I know that there are more. I'm sure uh, Russell. Did Dudley end up in one? Russell Dudley probably has from, a, uh, a non-refrigerator badge. Maybe he's What's stupid that? enough. I said I bet Russell has a non-refrigerator badge. Like he knows oh. not to not to get in the refrigerator. Was uh, was that your only question? You said uh, you had more question. You had a no, bunch of questions. No, I just had a couple. And okay, it was, and it was the seven one and the uh, other in the shady oaks and. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, because I think I, along the way, I you know. In my little narrative, I, I threw I threw my own thoughts in there. That's fair. So, uh, worth watching? Are we grading already? I mean, we're at I the mean, end of the movie. I mean, we forgot the, the most important lovely thing, aside from Carl, you know, finding his new adventure buddy and someone to keep him young in Russell. We do see that after the house drifted off, it landed where right it landed, where it's supposed to be. Right where, where beautiful. It, she drew it. That was beautiful. That we learned that Carl likes to cheat at the car counting game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a fire hydrant, Mr. Fredrickson. And Doug becomes a very, very good boy mm-hmm. after he gets pulled in when the line when he comes in and when he's on the porch and he's like, I hid under your porch because I love you. <laughs> Can I come in? Oh, it's like, I'm your master, ain't I? Yep. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, how convenient. That's it. That's it, Carl. Prey on the dog's lack of memory. <laughs> <laughs> to, to wash away y- your feeling shitty. I mean, you can do that to dogs, though. Yeah, that sucks. That's sadly why I think why so many people like dogs is because they are the most forgiving creatures ever you can treat them like absolute garbage and they will still be loyal yeah i think that's the same uh cats not like that no (laughs) well also it's interesting because like different dog breeds are loyal in different ways like i was watching if you ever go on tiktok and you follow z frank 
Uh, he does these weird, like, creepy But just want to be loved. You're, he an, does a, these, you're an adult, and this is your yes. second TikTok Yes, he, he does the Creepy Dave animal uh, videos. Uh, he is Creepy and Dave. Creepy Dave here. And he did one on German Shepherds, and he was like... Oh, I saw the German Shepherds. Yeah, and he's one. like, they love you unconditionally, as long as you are one of two people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true about German Shepherds. Like, they're, they're they, very they selective. They have their person, yeah. Yep. Um, Goldens love everybody. Right. Goldens are very much, I just met you, and I love you. <laughs> yeah. Hence the term golden retriever energy. Yes. For men. Squirrel. So now am I grading? Sure, if you're ready, if we're ready. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you want? I just really, I think for me in rewatching it, I it reminded me how much I, how much I love the movie and why I loved it. All of the things we talked about and just all of the little details, like you can tell that the animators really thought about everything when they did this movie and it's just so well there's well no co- i mean they they do four years of yeah know, prep on these things you know yeah but still i'm well i'm saying it's, it's a it's a huge undertaking right and you have to be prepared to, to and i'm sure stuff's getting added but but you've got animators and all oh it's just a whole thing I have, do not have the patience to ever attempt anything <laughs> Anima- like this at right. all. Like I could, like I, I did write a pi- a pilot for a cartoon, but even then, I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to do like a fight scene. Like, what would I do with this? Like, <laughs> like this happened. I'm like, and then you just kind of like have to just. Well, that's part of it too. You just, you have to you have to not feel. <laughs> you have to not uh, just realize. Unless you have some background in animation, you are not going to have the control over this project that you think you're going to yeah. have. Yeah. And you just need to be like, I'm just a cog. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Here's my story. What is viable in it? Well, yeah. In Pixar movies, it? especially, like, versus any other kind of movie, like, it takes an army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, which is weird because usually that kind of, that kind of thing you know, distills the vision of, or, or not distills, but, uh, cloudy or cl- sure. clouds. And Muddies the waters. Too many, yeah. too many cooks ruin the soup. Yeah. But well, I mean, I think if that- you're just in, and I'm sure there's some, I'm sure Pete doctor was probably like, okay, well, yeah. no, we're not doing that. Well, and I think that goes back to that core, those, those, that core group that created Pixar and how much control they had over the movies, especially in the first 15, 20 years of Pixar. Right, they had everything planned out, and they had their vision set, and so they were like, "This is what we're doing," and so they can go in and go, "No, this doesn't fit that vision." Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like it was almost like they did it like a like the writing staff of a TV show, mm-hmm. where yeah. where where like, okay, you get this episode, you get this episode. Yeah, no, they did, and that's that's kind of how it was. Is like, here are our stories. You're gonna do this one. 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 Yeah, they really did do that. Maybe it's more interesting than I think. Hmm. Uh, but this movie was very interesting. Um, let's see. We are going out of 10. Yep. yep. So uh, Candies. Candies. I am going to go eight and three quarters snow caps. Mm. Oh, okay. Snow caps. Interesting choice. I don't really like snow caps, but all right. I am going to go. They feel like. They feel like the right candy for this. Yeah. Oh, see, I think I picked the right candy for this. I'm going to go 9.8 Whoa. Cracker Jacks. No, I'm, that's not a candy first. It's a, it's a snack. 
It right. is. Can you get Cracker Jacks in a movie theater? Sometimes, but also yeah, but it just also fits that old timey vibe candy. that Carl has. So you need you want me to change my candy? Is what you're saying? No. I have no problem with your. No, grade. he he, he chose his candy. Just fine. let him. Fine. Be if wrong. you want to eat a crappy candy, then or whatever. It's old timey feeling. It's crap. I didn't say it was good. I'm just saying Cracker Jack is the biggest load of crap. It's not as good as Fiddle Faddle or. Po- uh, poppy chalk. Munch. Cro- it's literally the it's literally the weakest prepackaged caramel corn out it's there. It's also the oldest one, but so. it also but it's supposed to have peanuts. It does, and, and you're no, it doesn't. You're lucky that every the last third, time I had Cracker Jacks, it had peanuts. Of course, that was probably twenty years ago. Yeah, but. you are lucky out of three boxes to get a peanut. <laughs> Anybody think, want a peanut? I think it's Anybody a. Anybody want a peanut? I, I think it's one of those where like we made this in a facility that processes peanuts, and we accidentally get one in there every so often. Fair enough. All right, nine point eight Cracker Jacks. That's what I'm giving it. I'm gonna give this movie only because. I am reluctant to give a perfect score to anything. Uh, yeah, nine nine and three quarters Skittles. Okay, which I think is the perfect because it looks for like this. the balloons. Yes, that's a nice choice. I appreciate that. <laughs> also, we're very close on score there. We are. That's fair. Yeah, you want the nine point eight? We want fractions. We yeah, did. She, well, we she went nine point seven five, so she's yeah. only point oh five away from I'm my just score. Saying we didn't. De- we never said what it had to be. We no. never said it had to be fractions or decimals. And if you're listening and you think we're ever going to come together and ca- come to consensus on that, you are wrong. Yep. Because that would require discussion beyond what we just had. <laughs> and that's just, uh, who cares? Who fucking cares? Nobody cares. And but if you, you do, do care, you can always, you know, email us and yeah. ask us about it. Memoriumdevelopment at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Also, that email address, uh, you can send in your suggestions for movies you would like us to talk about. Mm. We have a list of about 200 that we've, compiled, that we've compiled so far to see who's seen what. Yeah. There's a bunch of those on those lists There's... that I'm still trying to figure out what my picks are going to be. Well, There's you have surprising a pick. I do you have, have a to pick. Make, make yes. And I was waffling between three or four of them. I so. like waffles. Mm-hmm. I like waffles too. Oh, can I change mine to eight, eight three quarter waffles? That's not a movie theater snack, sir. <laughs> it is if I sneak them in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's just going to open up the alcohol door. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time. It is time. Yeah. So I was going over the list again right before. And man, there are some good movies that some of y'all haven't seen. Speaking of, anybody want a peanut? That was almost my pick. Oh. Because one of these two fools has not seen The Princess Bride. But um, <laughs> I bet you can guess, since I'm the one that made the peanut reference earlier. <laughs> and I'm Ulti- the one who didn't react just now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that was almost my pick. And then I decided to do a left turn and pick another... Um, Heartbreaking movie. So you're Wrong welcome. Turn Three. <laughs> I've never seen Wrong Turn Three. I have seen the first one. I don't even know if there is a Wrong Turn Three. Probably. I think there's like I six know there's of a them. two for I sure. I think there's like six of them. Holy um, shit. But I I'm gonna go uh like I said with, with another sort of heartbreaking but beautiful film. Uh good old Guillermo del Toro Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Nice, nice choice. Yeah. Nick has never seen it. This will be the third third time out of the four movies that we have watched where it's been me having not seen I, it. You just don't I, watch I, movies. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think no one you, has no, picked no, no, no. one that I haven't let's, seen. Let's let's be real. If we count the number of movies seen on the list, my number is much higher. It's just that you guys are like 
You haven't seen I, this movie? I don't think that that's true. Isn't that the point of this podcast? Yes. Like, how have you not seen this movie? I know, but it's just so funny because you well, just made it sound fair, like I don't watch movies. There's but- a bunch of stuff on that list that I would not be like, even stuff that I've seen where I'm like, all right. Yeah, there's a bunch I, of movies that I've seen that I'm like, I don't care about watching that again. <laughs> but it, But it's like, I don't see it as a, how can you not? Or how have there, you? There's about five of them on there. A couple of them that we've already covered. Oh, but there's a bunch. One of the two of you or both of you haven't seen. There's a bunch on my one list. One of them being Princess Bride. Princess Bride was on my list yeah. too. But um, yeah, I'm, go- I'm going with Pan's Labyrinth. Partially just because I kind of want to watch it again. That's fair. It's I, a great freaking movie. I like Guillermo del Toro, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I haven't seen Pinocchio. I heard Pinocchio was real bad. Hmm. I have seen Pinocchio. I mean, I know it was on Netflix, but I just got rid of Netflix and I never got the chance to watch it. They changed a few things in this Pinocchio because rewatching Pinocchio is one of my husband's favorite movies. I don't know why, but he loves Pinocchio. And you know re- why? Because there was the uh, the '80s uh, adaptation uh, with Pee Wee as uh, Pinocchio. Oh, no. well, and watched, Jim Belushi's in there. Somewhere? We watched oh, the God. OG Pinocchio, and while I remembered, because I hadn't seen it in forever, and while I remembered like the kids getting turned into donkeys and that kind of stuff, like I had completely forgotten the whole child trafficking plot point. Oh, that movie. yeah. Also, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Also, drunk kids. That get, is getting kids dark. Drunk. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all part and parcel. The uh, of same. the child trafficking. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, the donkey and everything. Yeah, all of yeah. it. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah, harsh. Yeah, I mean, short of uh, stuff that happens in that uh, Jim Caviezel movie. Uh, oh, The uh, Price of Freedom? Uh, no. Um the Sound pa- of freedom? The, the passion. Sound. Oh, uh, passion of the Christ. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Can you name another one? I can't. Uh, wasn't he on like Person of Interest? So nope. as we ramble, sucked. but um, um, our next our, our next film is is going Pan's to be Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Okay, yeah, our first foreign film too. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Oh yeah, this has subtitles. Not our last foreign film. There's a lot of great um, foreign films out yes, there. there are. Well, this will be the this will be the first one in Spanish. Uh, you. You might have a Japanese one, I understand, probably. Oh, there'll definitely be at least one Japanese well, one at some case, point. in that case, I'm going to have a Japanese one, too. Ooh, which one? I'm not telling you. We've all seen Battle Ringu. Royale, I'm sure. I've Ring- not seen Battle Royale. What? I've seen... No. I, I mean, I saw... Oh, man. Battle Royale's so good. I mean, I saw Hunger Games. Oh. To see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want, if you want to combine the Hunger Games with the... the, the basically, the, the, the scene... The Raid Redemption? I was going to say the scene from Kill form. Bill that's Volume 1. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 when they're in the, the club. Like uh, against the crazy, uh, the, the 88s. Crazy yeah, the crazy, crazy 88s. Crazy 88s. Right. Is that what they're called? Yeah. So that's basically the level of gore, but with the Hunger Games premise. Hmm. It's wild. It's great. It's a fun movie. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. If we ever have if to. We, it. it depends on how long we do this podcast. Yes. Yeah. And what people think. Yeah. We're doing we're doing about every week and a half, two weeks here. Right Seems now. like it, yeah. but who well, knows? We're, we're a little behind, I think. We're we're not holding ourselves to a strict schedule. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. You and will also, get you'll get a couple episodes a month. And and weather's been uh, shitty here as of yes, we were in Illinois and it was negative thirty seven yesterday. So going out and recording or actually staying home and watching movies is great. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. If my internet at my new place wasn't complete shit, I'd dial. I just dial it in yeah oh i would hate you for that yeah i know so yeah but pan's Pan's labyrinth Labyrinth. gonna watch a gonna watch a criterion collection the one i got you guys 
Oh. Probably at some point. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's the Criterion Collection oh. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, we have that? Yes. My husband has that. I guess I didn't realize we had that. Yeah. We got a lot of movies that I don't even know what we have. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll probably just there's a find great, it streaming somewhere. And there's a, I think there's also- I mean, a, worst case scenario, I guess I could lend you the DVD that I apparently own. I think I there's also a very cool uh, special feature in the movie, uh, like in the- because Criterion has awesome special features. There's a, I forgot who he's talking to, but some children, children's book writer, and they talk about- Raul Dahl. And they talk about, um, uh, nur- uh, yeah, nursery rhymes and that kind of thing. So mm. it's very, Maurice Sendak. Very interesting. Shell Silverstein. Okay. Shells and cheese. Velveeta Jones. Thank you for listening. <laughs> no one can see me, but I'm imitating the creature in the buffet from Pan's Labyrinth. Either that or... The one that looks like Mitch McConnell. I, oh. <laughs> either that or she's doing a very weird Bullwinkle impersonation. <laughs> How do you know that character and Bullwinkle aren't the same person? I don't know. Bullwinkle doesn't have eyes in his horns. Mm-hmm. Einhorn. Einhorn. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We're going to keep rambling, <laughs> yep. but uh, we're going to cut this off now. Yeah. So, yeah. Rate and review us on iTunes. Email us uh, movie suggestions at memoriamdevelopment.com. And uh, we will see you next time. No Kurt time. Russell. All Kurt Russell all the time. Bye.